0: Hello
1: Rose Gold family, I'm Becca and I'm Kate and welcome to episode 6 of Speak Rose Gold, the podcast. Um, today we're chatting with two sweet awesome friends of ours we've known for over 10 years, um, Whitney and I've known Jenna, Jenna Lee. Lee
0: longer than I've
1: known Kate. Yeah, no I know, that's Fun why fact. I just kind of said over 10 years. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Whitney and Jenna Lee and today we are doing an episode on anxiety.
0: And we want to start off by saying these are not psychological experts, but people who experience and live with anxiety every day. So this is about our community, guys, just like everything else, about knowing that you're not alone and understanding um, that there are ways to manage and kind of deal with and get through anxious episodes. Um, So welcome to the show, ladies. Yay. Hello.
2: Welcome. Wait. <laughs> you can keep that in there. You're well.
0: good. You're good. Welcome. That's <laughs> um, that's that best entry So funny
1: enough, <laughs> preparing for this episode has created anxiety <laughs> in different ways with everybody in the room. So, so much here we are. <laughs>
0: My anxiety was around parking this morning when we went on a walk.
1: <laughs> hey, it is My what it is. My anxiety
3: started because I was late. Oh, true, that. Ah, see? But I you said anxiety.
1: you're usually late, right?
3: Yeah, so that's, that's the thing that's ironic because I'm always late.
1: Yeah, and it causes you anxiety, but yet
3: you're still late. I get it. I, get it. I totally get it. I'm that person that looks at themselves in the mirror every morning and says, Why are you like this? <laughs>
1: Hey, but that's okay. And so one of the reasons that we wanted to uh, do an episode on anxiety is because I think we can all agree, but me specifically, I think a lot of us are affected by different types of anxiety, it has all different kinds of faces and forms, and it affects everybody in a different way. So You know, people sometimes when you think anxiety, it's like, oh, that, you know, crippling, paralyzing, panic attack type of thing. But it's also really important to know that anxiety is not just that end of the spectrum. There is a whole wide array of the way that anxiety can affect you, your life, your relationships, how you deal with things. Um, So that's one of the reasons that we really wanted to have this conversation is because Both Whitney and Jenna Lee come from different backgrounds. They have different careers um, and they both have anxiety issues, but they they cope with them in different ways, but they've also affected them in different ways. So a common theme with us, I think Becca would agree, is that we um, we want to make sure that we're very inclusive. That's just who we are as people. We're all about empowering other women and also reminding you, like you said, that you're not alone. So so, yeah, so here we are.
0: Uh, and so, let's start by also just acknowledging that anxiety has become a buzzword in the world we live in today. So yeah. There's a lot of jumble and conversations and, and oh, I'm anxious in this and this, um, that you hear. All, it's, it's become very trendy, to use the term, but I think it's important to realize that anxiety is something that... Well, yes, there's generalized anxiety in most people in society, right? Um, But that there are people who are severely affected by this term. So I want to start by, let's define anxiety. And defining anxiety um, through like a mental health or the DSM-5 is that, is defined as a mental health disorder characterized by feelings of worry, anxiety, or fear that are strong enough to interfere with one's daily activities. And I think that's an important thing to understand, um, is that when we're talking about this level of anxiety, we're talking about the kind of anxiety that doesn't make you work harder. Um, It's not uh, you stress; it's de-stress anxiety that makes you feel less productive. It makes you interfere with relationships or your life or your work or something like that. Um, so we want to start off with that, just so that we can define it, and then we're going to dig into what anxiety feels like Yay. on the inside, and how it can manifest differently um, based on who you are.
1: All right, so I will go ahead and start. Um, why don't we start with Jenna Lee? How do you think your anxiety has affected your daily
2: life? Hello. <laughs> this is Jenna Lee. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, hello, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah. A
0: talk show name. Hello,
2: this is <laughs> this is generally- Maybe that's, that's why you why-
0: invited us in with a welcome.
2: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably why I went welcome, into welcome. Your own this podcast. is my yeah. show yeah. now. Welcome to your own I podcast. Have taken over. <laughs> it's probably just because I went to school for radio, so now I'm, you know. See, there you go. I
0: remember when you went to school for yeah, radio. Yeah, I was a baby. Oh, God, you did. That was so long ago. I know. I, that was, that.
2: I was 21, I think. Now I'm 30, which is crazy. But um, It gets better yeah,
1: from here. So, okay, so the concept okay. of anxiety. Like, what are some things, if you could look back at the root of, like, when you started noticing, you're, like, you're in the day-to-day life, like, what were things that were causing you anxiety, like, triggering you, and then you know, what would that affect? Like if you could think of just a few things, like what would trigger you and how that affected your day to
2: day? Um, so this probably started in middle school. I want to say when I started having symptoms of anxiety, but back then, you know, in the early 2000s, no one talked about it. No one, I wasn't diagnosed. Um, and I think the biggest thing that like caught my attention was wanting to be liked, which I still have that problem don't we all in a way but it's to the point where I could push people away so it got to the point where I would talk I would I would worry so much that someone hated me to the point where they just didn't want to socialize with me because I was they probably thought that I was negative or um just I worried too much about everything but it went into my work life when I got older into the end of school like when I was in radio school but it, it overtook my entire thinking process I couldn't even focus on like my assignment or cause, thinking that you know my boss is gonna think I'm dumb my boss is gonna think I'm not smart enough my boss is gonna think all the above and it would get to the point where like I have gotten fired and I've I've lost friends over it um, who don't understand what anxiety is or Mm -hmm. people who don't battle with it. Like I do, those people tend to steer away from me. Mm. And then when that happens, I feel abandoned. It makes it even worse. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like everyone's going to do that to me.
1: So would you say, so you're like, if you, and I know that anxiety, like we've already kind of mentioned, there's so many, it's just the dimensions of it are, it's a huge range. But would you say that your biggest trigger or your biggest, like, source of anxiety is worrying about what someone else thinks of you or if they like you or
2: what they're thinking like that that's
0: what value. spawned yeah. yeah yeah I need I need see my value yeah yeah see my worth
2: yep that's the biggest thing I've read you know luckily when I was in my early 20s I I got away and I moved to New York and I had joined this group called Al-Anon adult children of destructive Families, something like that, mm-hmm. or destructive parents. Because I grew up, you know, with alcoholic parent and mm-hmm. a drug addict. And uh, you know they
0: made a movie about a group like that for divorced kids of divorced parents. Oh, movie. you should watch
2: it. Okay, I will watch that. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <clears throat>
0: it's not like an overly amazing movie. Is it? It's interesting <laughs> since you were part of this weird little group. <laughs>
2: not weird. <laughs> but in this group, you know, I didn't know anybody. And I was 24. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, it was terrifying. You know, you sat in a circle. And you're
1: in a new city. and new city, yeah. a
2: big city that I grew up on the Outer Banks, which is literally uh, an island. And I walk into this room not knowing anyone, and everyone's just sharing their feelings and, like, their stories and what's making them, you know, not being able to function through the day. Oh, wow. And it all triggers from your parents and your upbringing is, you know, is how you get the anxiety because it just stems from you know, before you could probably remember, but, yeah. um, from there I started reading a lot of self-help books, which, you know, would work for like a week or two. Yeah, I'd feel so much better and confident. And then as soon as something happened where a friend was mean to me or, um, a boss yelled at me, that's a huge one. I shut down and I think the world's ending. Like yeah. I've just lost my job. I'm going to get fired. My friend, this, this guy doesn't like me anymore. Cause I said this one thing or it's just, is never ending. What are you
1: doing? <laughs> we have a we have a guard dog on property right now. Um, really scary. And we're trying to make sure he doesn't freak the neighbors out. We'll
3: share pictures. Look, his bark yeah. is very loud. Look at it his is little very face. loud. Look at his little face.
2: So it also, you know, right before in the very beginning of this podcast, when you were mentioning how it's a, it's a buzzword anxiety, um, I, I, i am very passionate about anxiety and how it affects my life and the and fact
0: sharing yeah. your experience with others i will agree you are very good. i'm
2: very open and i'm open because because i used that. to be so shut off i used to i used to think that if i shared this people will think i'm crazy or they'll think that i need help like yeah. serious like psychiatric go to a psych I think home. that's
0: very common i think well, being scared of sharing whether it's anxiety yeah. or any other kind of like mm-hmm. mental "Quote unquote displacement or or whatever you want to say.
1: Any any sort of that's the problem with the whole stigma around mental health, and it's like people they want you to share your feelings, but then you share your feelings, and then people judge you for it. And it's like, well, people want you to say
0: you're fine. Yep, point blank period. That's what people want. Yep. And here's I'm great."
2: The problem with this whole, that the anxiety is being brought up, which is great. It's, it's talked about, it's, you know, in the workplace now, people are starting to bring it up to their, their bosses. And the problem is, is that when you say it, they now think that it's an excuse to not do your job.
1: Well, and I also Although, think people misuse it and they say, yeah. well, I have anxiety and it's like, mm, maybe you're just a little nervous and yeah. it's not, and I don't want to discredit.
0: It di- well, it diminishes the, the true value experience of, yeah. of someone anxiety. with anxiety. Yeah. It does. You know, I will say that as someone who, you know, works in the HR field, you do have to be careful and you do have to tread lightly. I mean, there are signs and intuition should tell you enough about that person where you would know whether or not they're taking advantage of a conversation topic. Um, But it's easy because it's not measurable from the outside. I can't measure your, your level of anxiety and whether or not you're truly experiencing... Body numbing anxiety. I don't. I. I can't measure that. Mm-hmm. So it's easy for other people to say like, "I'm anxious." Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And then get viewed as an excuse. I can see that. I could see a boss who wasn't as familiar with it saying, mm-hmm. "She just doesn't want to work that way. Well, yeah. and I think
1: it's interesting. Like, you know, you're you're talking about how the the core of your anxiety, obviously, like it's deeply rooted, but just the concept of what is my value to someone else, and that takes. So many forms of what does that person think of me? Did I make like, that person laughed at my joke. Were they being serious? Mm -hmm. Or were they making fun of me? Mm -hmm. Like, because I've had those thoughts too. And I think it's so easy for other people to say, we'll just stop caring what other people think. We'll just stop. Mm -hmm. Just don't, just don't, just don't. And it's like, but,
0: I okay, wish great. you face right now. Like, yeah,
1: you
3: know people tell me like, Actually,
1: this you told horror. me that a lot of times. <laughs> I'm like, just cut it out, gently.
3: That's, that's like telling a depressed person, just, just be happy. Yeah. Just said you told me that. <laughs> She has,
2: and like in a different way. But yeah. like, you know, just don't care. But yeah, it, it is tough to, it's so um, to turn that off. Yeah. What um, were you we going to say, Whitney?
3: I was just saying, that's the same thing as saying, you know, just be happy to a depressed yeah. person,
2: yeah. which is but, also ties in with anxiety is depression. Usually, I mean,
3: yeah, not all the time, but
1: so, so, you okay. So you know, I was kind of getting like the core of what causes you anxiety, but it was interesting that you were like, you know, I couldn't even focus on an assignment because I was so worried about someone else's opinion of me. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for people to say, well, just stop caring. But it's like, people don't realize it's more than just, when I walk out of my house, what is this person going to think of my outfit? It's more than that. It's, it's, you analyze every single detail and every second, and every interaction and you create, like, worlds of, of different, like, just stuff that's not actually happening. It's like, you're like, why am I even thinking about this? Um, <clears throat> but I knowing you as long as I've known you and I know Becca has known you longer and being your boss for a while, seeing how you were before you left to go to New York and then how you were when you came back and just watching you over the, the years, it's amazing to me how you have been able to grasp like really what the cause of your anxiety is and to take responsibility for it but also to know like like to be an advocate for that. Like I think there we need a lot more especially or also women just like just
0: throw yourself into it head on. Like admit just being so blatantly honest with people and being like, look, I know I acted weird, but it's because I'm mm-hmm. super anxious about this and I'm worried you're just not going to like me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Atlanta most people won't do that. I think the
3: more that people do that, the easier it'll be for other people to open yeah. up. And- yeah,
1: because there are a lot of people out there probably even listening to the hey, even listening to this that are like, oh, wow, I'm really anxious, but I don't want to say anything
2: like you said because they're not, yeah. they're because- not at that point. Yeah, because they're worried about what people are going to say about them when they admit, "Hey, I have this." And it's like, for instance, I have a situation right now with the f- old she was a good friend, and now she's um not because we had a big falling out. Um but she doesn't battle with anxiety or depression. She doesn't she doesn't have the empathy, you know, is that the right word then? Em- yeah. yeah, she's not empathetic like yeah. I am. Like when when someone's hurt in front of me, I feel their hurt and I I yeah. hurt with them. Um, And she doesn't have that, you know, mindset. So I know it's probably harder for her to understand when I'm going through a a moment of, of high anxiety. Um, But she has just shut, she shuts me down. And now it's like the circle has come back where I'm, I'm abandoned. She's abandoning me (coughs) because.
3: But here's what I've been trying to tell you about that. It's not about whether or not they like you, you also get to choose whether or not you like them. Yeah. And you don't want to be friends with a person like that. And so I I think now that you're self-aware, you're able to look at it differently and you can say, okay, this person's not good for me in my life. Which I know
2: that she's not, she's toxic. However, I still want her to like me. That's the problem.
3: Toxic habits.
1: Because I
2: I want everyone to like me because I'm a good, I know my heart and my, my love and my care that I feel like, how can anyone not like me? Because I, I love and I don't I try not to judge and I try to understand and I'm like how can how can she not like me because she doesn't like herself
0: that's actually what I was gonna say I think a lot of times especially um in circumstances like the one of your friend we often start to reject and dislike the things of someone else that we don't like about ourselves and so
1: or, one, or qualities we wish we had.
0: Or qualities we wish we had. So whether yeah. it's, yeah, like that's that's the thing, right? And so oftentimes when you see a shift in energy like that from a person, there's something else that you can acknowledge is wrong with them. Like you don't have to pinpoint it. That's not your job. You're not mm-hmm. a psychologist. You don't need to say, you probably have anxiety. I wish I was. That's not your job. You still can be. Yeah. I don't, to to time. I don't want to do that.
3: Um, I...
1: <laughs> Backtrack. No. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue on. Continue on with the conversation.
3: Um, that sounds expensive. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. No, that
1: <laughs> is. Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah. So, I think that you have uh, – there comes a point of growth where you can acknowledge – that there is something wrong with someone else but then the next hurdle you have to get over is acknowledging you can't fix it
1: right well it's, it's not your not job your
0: job to fix that person and if they don't like you well that's and i get again I'm, we're just going back in the same circle of okay like you do have to get to the point of self-love that you can say i'm so sorry you don't Get to have me in your life, like that is yeah really sad sucks
1: to be you, you. like because I'm cool. That's I feel so bad
0: for all of my old friends. It's real. <laughs> it's not even
2: like the self love because I battled with that my whole yeah. life, as we know. But yeah. I actually am at a place now at thirty that I actually truly, truly love who I am, and that's why. It's hard for me to think that someone doesn't love me. I don't know if that's like, what's the word? Is it's that sound?
0: Rejection is what that is. And girl, I jumped on that boat too. That's why I don't work in sales. <laughs> I'd be great in sales, but when people tell me no, I'm You're
2: like. like, like huh? <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, but no, you want. I laughed so hard but when you were like, me. I get, what'd you say? I get personally offended when someone doesn't. Take my sale, or something you said on the podcast. That was hilarious.
0: That I get personally offended if like people tell. I mean, yeah, yeah. You it, when you don't buy into what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. Selling, yeah. It- physically hurts me so when I, started, when I
1: started when I started body coaching she already did the workouts already took the stuff whatever so she signed up to be a, a discount coach and at one point we had talked about her actually like coaching and like promoting the things and blah 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 and she was like nope can't do it she was like I can't put myself out there if people tell me no I'm going to be crushed and I was like then don't because a lot of people say no and
0: I know that like I, I train sales that's a primary facet of Learning and development in any organization and being a learning and development leader is focusing on the sales piece of the organization and being able to help generate revenue. I know how to sell. I also know that for every one yes, you have to get nine to ten no's. And those nine to ten no's hurt my feelings.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it was. You
0: said hurt my
1: feelings. Hurt my feelings. She knows. It does hurt So my sad. It's funny. Because
0: I'm like, you don't... Uh-huh. You don't like but, but me? And why? they're like, no, I like you. I just don't want your product. And I'm like, that <laughs> sounds like you don't like me. Yes, exactly. I would <laughs> take
2: that it the sounds same like. way. I like i want you to take it personally. <laughs> you so hate me, is what you're fine. saying. Whatever. You hate me and my product. It wants to go away.
1: <laughs> um, well, I can say, like I said, and I think Becca can agree that, and I think you did get to a point where you're just like, like stuff just doesn't bother you the way it did because you know what your fault flaw- like Not f- I don't want to say flaws like everybody has their own shit but you're like oh yeah no I'm just reacting this way because that's how my brain is working yeah or our brain's um, broken is what, awesome. what yeah, and I like it to say me
0: in check when I get overly emotional he's like girl
1: but I do think
3: but they don't judge you
1: for it exactly like because it's just like what and you don't need and people who are going to judge you for the good or the bad whatever anybody who's going to judge you they can just, yeah. like you said, will kill them. Yeah. Um, I also
0: think we all need to accept that some people weren't made to be a part of our lives. Right. And, like, that is also okay. Like, you can't be connected to everyone. Right. And if someone's energy doesn't match yours, that's what we should really be talking about. If You know, like, I look at it like dogs. Some <laughs> dogs, like, just don't get along. Yeah. <clears throat> and Jafar is the best boy in the whole wide world, but there are some dogs that he's like. No, mom. I don't, I don't like that dog. Yeah, and I feel like that's okay. We accept that dog Stuart to dog. feels
3: that way about uh ninety-five percent of other dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi feels that way about one hundred and ten percent of
0: other dogs. and that's but, but the thing is, is we accept that in dogs, but don't accept accept that in ourselves.
1: like four, yeah.
0: And sometimes your energy does not match someone else's energy. Or and It's not about you.
3: Sometimes your energy can be completely different, like we are very different like we i feel like i'm a very low energy person you're very high energy but we still compliment each other you can't compliment you know people that are different from you like that but but i
0: mean it for more of like a a a space like i think that we connect on a different level i don't think you're meant to connect with everyone right Mm -hmm. that's why you have one but i want to and that's why, you know what I mean, you aren't meant to connect with all the energy. But
2: even if you don't connect with someone, like, I don't understand people who can just be mean. Like, I just... Oh, um, girl. We'll, you we'll know never what? understand. Like, don't be mean. be nice. I'm like, going against be my nice. partner
0: rule of co- podcasts, but for real, fuck those people. Like, really mean <laughs> people... I don't have time for, because that is not... But they
2: pretend that they're nice. It's just the whole thing. Oh, know? fakeness? We fakeness. could do a whole episode yeah. on fake, let me it's tell you. It's just like, come on, lady. Like, we but know. Here's, here's
0: what you have to sum it up to, in my opinion, and where I, I feel like I can channel that energy, is that it just, your vibe doesn't match my vibe, And when you find that out, you close the chapter. And, and you your
1: vibe, life. your vibe changes as you get older.
0: Yes, definitely. I'm digging sh- my vibe
1: hardcore. in My 30s, 20s, I didn't even yeah. know what I was doing. Yeah, 20s right. for me, 30s are so the long ago. Like let me tell ago. you. Yeah,
0: I'd have to. Oh, Whitney, as someone who knows both of these people very well, um, I started working with Jenna Lee at a place that I turned 21 when I worked there. So I know for a fact it was at least 11 there. years I ago. I was 19, 11 plus years. ago. So. Yeah. So I've known Jenna Lee, and and then we worked together, and like. Different jobs. It's very strange. And I thought she
2: hated me. So
0: shocking. <laughs> and if I were to categorize her anxiety, I would categorize it as aggressively friendly. Like she's just she just wants everyone to like her, and so it comes off aggressively friendly. Where Whitney, I feel like her anxiety, and and I can also speak from I used to be Whitney's roommate, so we have our own special connection. Yes. Um, and with the way I see her anxiety really manifest and show, and you can of course correct me if I'm wrong because you live it, is, is very different and it's very internal and it's very personal. And so if you meet Whitney, you just think she's a very carefree, very sweet, well she is, though. Hey, all thanks. all of those things kind of person. Um, and she is those things. Yeah, she is. Um, calm and she brings an energy of that to different places but internally she struggles.
3: I'm overthinking everything.
0: Yeah. But I would love for you to share how you experience anxiety because I think it looks different and I think your anxiety is harder to see.
3: Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think most people would have no idea um, except for Jenna and my mom. She's become somewhat of a, a therapist for me. So I just call her. And She's the, the
0: sweetest. Yes, am. she
3: is. Severely underpaid therapist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I actually, I feel my anxiety in my body. Like I Ooh. hold so much stress and anxiety in my, in my neck and my shoulders. So I, um, I get tension headaches. And when my anxiety is really bad, I actually feel like pressure in my chest. It's a physical Um, reaction. Yeah. So sometimes I don't even know that I'm feeling anxious or I'm stressed out about something. It's just my body tells me. And, um, like I started, I had a panic attack and I don't really have, that was the only time that I had a panic attack really, because after that I knew it was coming. I knew what it was. So, um, yeah, I just, I was able to, to stop it from happening, um, kind of talking do some like self-talk talk myself out
1: so like what I was like with generally I was like okay so your trigger like we kind of got down to what the base of the trigger is and for her it's something more specific and I think for you it's important to note that it at least correct me if I'm wrong it's not necessarily a specific type of anxiety like for you it's more of like you said like you your body tells you before you actually like have the thoughts
3: Right, um, and I think, and then I have anxiety about having anxiety. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I'm like, I feel it. I know I'm having anxiety, but when I actually, so let me back up to when I was like ten or something. I um, actually had my mom call the ambulance because I was feeling chest pain, and I thought at ten years old, like I'm having a heart attack. Oh. Um, and you know, she didn't, she didn't know. So they yeah. called the ambulance, and they were like, "What did you have to eat, drink today?" Yeah um, anything, you know, change with your, anything. Yeah. And um, And you're a
1: kid too. So they're like, so they automatically were like, it wouldn't be a panic attack. She's a kid. Right. You know,
0: like that,
3: that day I had weird that they were like heart attack. No, no, no. That was, that was me. Yeah. And I, I, you know, my mom was freaking out because she
1: ate something funny.
3: I had a lot of caffeine that day. And so for most of my, like, throughout my teenage years and whatnot, I stayed away from caffeine because that was something I was like really sensitive to it. And that, that, you know, made me have these like chest pains. Oh, wow. Um, And then when I was in college, I, I started like exclusively sleeping on my stomach because it put pressure on my chest. Because if I laid on my back, I would feel like there was a brick on my chest. Oh wow. So, um now they have um weighted blankets which I have mm-hmm. and it just makes you feel safe and it's supposed to help with anxiety and stuff. But yeah, that's at that time I still wasn't like connecting the two like this is an anxi- anxiety anxiety, yeah. you know.
1: It was just something that you were used to
3: happening. It was just a way to calm myself, I guess.
1: Um so I do think, you know, like we said, like, it's important to note that like anxiety comes from all different places. And sometimes it's something that triggers somebody. It's a certain situation or a comment or just anything Uh, you know, I mean, I do think that, you know, it's awesome to have both of you here because it's to me, two different sources. Um, yeah. And I also think it's awesome that, you know, we're all around the same age and we're all figuring ourselves out. And I love that, even though you know Becca and I don't deal with anxiety in the way that you do, or you do like we're we're all different.
0: Like if I do feel very anxious, and I think it's just something that I've come to terms with, but mine manifests as being very mean.
3: Yeah, I when see I'm that anxious, as I'm, you're I'm aggressive. with like a sprinkle of like passion. It's got to be something that you're you feel very passionate about. Yeah, yeah. if I yeah. don't care,
0: I no. Yeah, I have to care about it or the like the person, whatever the subject matter is. Yes, but.
1: Just bef- before because the next thing we want to talk about is how you manage it, um, because, again, everybody manages their anxiety differently. But if you had to say as far as your daily routine, like just give an example of some of the things that your anxiety would mess you up with, like that you would either not be able to do or you would do differently. like.
3: Um, so my <laughs> anxiety kind of comes in waves and it, it's not something that necessarily affects me on a daily basis, but I do think that's because I have learned to manage it yeah. and I'm, you know, I exercise and yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. A lot So a lot of different factors because it's not just a one stop a, like, a, oh, just do this and you'll be fine.
3: Yeah. But when I, when I am having, you know, anxious thoughts or I'm feeling anxious in my body, you know, with the, the tension headaches and things like that, I, um, I feel almost kind of paralyzed by, okay, if I have a lot on my plate at work, I think, I don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm looking at the entire, yeah, Yeah, I look at the entire picture and I am overwhelmed by that. And I, and so, yeah, I maybe procrastinate or, um, I just, I feel that. Yeah. So I and have I'm to catch magnet myself. I that
0: that says things to do, and it was procrastinate, freak out, and they were both checked, and I brought yes. it home, and you were like, Becca, did you buy this for me?
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is me, for sure. Um, but my manager, actually, because I have a very open, you know, relationship with her, I can kind of talk to her about these things, which is great because yeah. – I, I don't feel like I have to hold it all in when, when, you know, if something happens during the work day that has me anxious, I can just say, I need just a minute. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on a walk or whatever. Um, but I have to take it bit by bit. I can't look at the entire picture. I can't look at the amount of things I have to do. I just have to make a a little list and check one thing off at a time. And that really helps me a lot.
1: So with that, since we're kind of already sliding into it, um, Let's talk about how you manage your anxiety. Um, So generally, we'll start with you. As far as managing your anxiety, what are some things that you've tried? What are some things that work that you that don't work for you? Um, Just basically, how do you how do you keep doing what you're doing and knowing that you have anxiety, but also knowing that you can do things that can help and help control it?
2: So. Before I went to the doctor to talk to them about it, I, I, okay, let me back up. When I was 25 is when I first started working out. Before 25, like, from high school to 25, like, nope, didn't do it. Yeah. D- didn't work out, didn't eat, ate whatever I wanted, like most young 20s. The, I mean, I think yeah. that's pretty common. But um, my genetics uh, didn't like that. So no girl. My <laughs>
1: genetics, that's why I started working
2: out when I was, like, 12. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done that too, but I didn't. Stop it. I play sports, but like, yeah. Anyways, so also like sports, I had anxiety because I didn't think I was good enough. And then then I didn't didn't perform good enough. But anyway, so um, I started working out just to say, okay, I'm not doing this to lose weight. I'm not doing this to lose weight. I'm doing this to relieve all the stress and anxiety that I have built up. And I did that for a year. And then I finally decided... Once I started having, um, I don't want to say suicidal thoughts, but I definitely had thoughts of, would it be easier if I just wasn't here anymore? And would, you know, who would miss me? Would anyone even miss me? And I, life was just too hard. Um, and I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. I remember calling my brother saying, I crying to him because my car had broken down again. And I just cried saying, I don't want to be here anymore. And he, you know was crying, saying, like, don't say that. (sighs) And I decided to go to the doctor and told them I was very honest about my feelings. I don't think I could ever hurt myself, but I do feel like there's something wrong. And they decided to put me on um, this medication for both depression and anxiety and I, I noticed a huge difference within the first, like, two months, I want to say. And then I lost my insurance, so I, cold turkey, went off of it, oh. which is very bad for you. And um, the feelings came back. Um, and I went to my mom and my family and my friends, and I was just like, I think I need to be back on medication. Um, but then you had friends saying, you know, you shouldn't need to rely on medication to to not feel, you know... To feel happy or feel not anxious. You should be able to do that naturally, like find things that make you. And I was like, I understand that, but I think I need medication Mm -hmm. to help me. And I went to my mom and she mentioned she's been on it for 20 years. Oh, and I was like, (laughs) genetics. (laughs) You didn't want to mention this to me Yeah. like a long time ago that you also battle with this because that would have been probably very helpful to know. Um, so now at 30, I'm still on, you know, the same medication and I'm very open about it. And it's helped me so much with work and my confidence in myself. Um, also working out as well has, I mean, I'll never stop unless I can't, but like it's changed my life. I'm not where I want to be by any means, but it's just, just the thought that I can move my body and, you know. You have the opportunity to do that.
1: I'm the same way. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know me. I'm the same way. I always advocate that if I lose weight, gain weight, like, yes, obviously, you know, I still have my own issues and that's a different topic. But um, it's for me, if I'm having a really bad day or I'm really sad or whatever, or I'm stressed out, if I can't focus, like I'll just go work out because then I don't have to think about anything. And I can push myself physically and I can get that endorphin rush and the adrenaline. And then it's like, okay. I did that like mm-hmm. I know exactly what you yeah I know exactly what you mean
3: yeah I think we can all we can all agree that um exercise is mm-hmm. kind of a
1: for sure we all we all use exercise yeah. as a form of therapy mm-hmm.
0: I think it's a big reason why I'm nice to people now I <laughs> I do <laughs> and I'm the nicest I'm glad you're like, nicer a really now <laughs> long run. that's when I'm or like a full body oh yeah workout, runner's high like, is really a cool thing me, yeah where I'm like oh man I am Exhausted. I'll be like, I love you guys.
1: (laughs) She's also very nice when she's not working out. So you know, don't talk.
0: Extra (laughs) nice. It's like having three glasses of wine without having three glasses of of wine. Yeah, it is a cure all. Um, I I do want to point out too something that Jenna Lee just said that I think is very very important. And I think how you manage depression, anxiety, whatever your mental health needs are is very personal. However, um, people don't often admit, and I I certainly think the generation before us, that Mm -hmm. they are on some sort of medication. So it may be that you are unaware of your genetic history of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I also want to point out that those of us who Need to take medicine versus those of us who can manage it in other ways, irrelevant. Like, that's it's how you manage it is not anyone else's business or anyone else's problem. Mm-hmm. And if there is a medicine, that makes you feel like how you should feel more balanced more equal more normal then that is what you need to work out with your doctor an actual professional yeah we have all gotten into a very weird world where we accept facebook articles written in blogs by people like kate and i where you're just like, that's scientific fact. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we write really good
1: stuff. <laughs>
0: but I'm saying what we write is not about I mean, if you want
1: to believe me, that's your choice.
0: Medical. <laughs> We're not writing about things like that. But that's my point. Kate and I had a blog. We do not have medical backgrounds. And therefore, if you decide to or not decide to take medicine based off of an article on the internet... I want you to think harder about that. She
1: feels some type I feel like this is a this is a thing. You feel that? This is an yeah,
0: issue.
1: She She read something one day and now
0: Because I, I there's just so many opinions and as somebody who has been I studied mental health. I'm a I grew up with openness about mental health, but in a household that was You know run by people with depression (laughs) and so I, i am passionate about that because i think it hurts my insides that someone would have the audacity to look someone in the face that is struggling with something that you don't understand experience nor have studied and have the balls to look me in the face and tell me or anyone else that we should not be on medicine to maintain the needs that we have and if you don't need to maintain it with medicine, by all means, save the money. <laughs> but just in case anyone was wondering, anyone who is on medication for their mental health needs does not just think, hey, I would love to spend this money I work for. That's not what it is. It's not because they want to be dependent on something, it is because there are chemical imbalances in some people Science. and that there are needs that come from that and medication can sometimes solve those needs it is not the answer all the time but now when you look back and see that your mother also had those needs that like literally pains my inside that's one of my biggest life pet peeves please do not offer medical advice if you are not a medical professional let's just like start there
1: (laughs) well and also like i think more importantly if you need to take medicine to feel better, take the medicine. What do you? What does someone do when they have a headache? Yeah. They take the medicine. What do you do <laughs> right. if you have an upset stomach? What do you do if you have the flu? What do you do? So why is it such a big deal if someone doesn't feel good about themselves, whatever it is, or is if they're having brain? panic attacks, that's or if they're having... Brain. Like, that is not your fault. You didn't get to choose how what genes you have. You didn't get to choose how you developed. Like, that is not... You didn't get to choose that stuff, and I think your that... Your
0: parents did. Blame them. <laughs> <laughs> I blame their parents. There
1: are some really situations where people do get to a point where I'm like, mm, you can still choose... Like Some people choose to be an asshole. You don't have to do that your whole life based mm-hmm. on your circumstances. Like, well, my parents were mean to me, so I'm an asshole. I'm like, well, you're 35, so let's get your shit together. <laughs> oh, you um, can choose to, do, to you, do better. Yeah, exactly. You can choose to be a better person, but like, why is it such a big deal if... You take medicine to feel better. Why is that a big deal? We take medicine for everything else.
3: Yeah. Well, so people, people drink and smoke and do other like recreational drugs and, and really, they, they should that, probably like, be taking something. And I also
0: want to be clear that I support whatever you want, and not. I don't mean it in that way, but I also think that there are a lot of people who get. Other, but like microdosing and things like that. Oh, but sure. The, the judgment on anyone's regime, and I'm not saying self medicating by being an alcoholic is the answer. That's not what I'm agreeing with. But there are a lot of evidence based things that, you know, microdosing works for some people's mental illnesses to
3: microdose. Mm-hmm. So I, I also I'm i just saying that 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 it, out there. it's not any different than, you know, if, if someone who is drinking to numb themselves is, is pointing a finger at you calling yeah. you like, it's weak like really, though. for taking medicine that your doctor prescribed you, then that's yeah. kind of silly.
1: Well, and it's, that's just goes to show we talked about this. We went on a walk this morning, but other people judging you usually 99% of the time comes from their own insecurities and their own issues. And I think that's also an important aspect of anxiety is a lot of the times, you know caring about what other people think and you know but also with you like the own your own manifestation of like your stresses and how that affects you physically so I again I think it's perfect that you guys are both you're different but it's also you have a lot in common like they're best friends if you guys haven't caught that yeah
2: (laughs) Um, so generally
1: you talked about how obviously medication was something that if you had found out sooner that it was in your family. You probably could have avoided a lot of those really mm-hmm. hard times and hard situations.
0: But I think hard decisions. I think the decisions get easier if you already knew. You know, what I well, mean? because
1: you don't have all that other, all those other thoughts in your way of making mm-hmm. the decision.
2: Yeah, and it's it's still baffling to me that my mom, which I love her, but why why wouldn't she tell me this when she knew she
1: Maybe knew she was I was it was helpful that you wouldn't have to battle with it too. I mean ultimately
3: I think it's a generational thing and that's what I was gonna say I think that they're not used to just don't talk to, about it yeah I mean, talking about it so yeah. openly and just being like yeah I have anxiety or, yeah. yeah I have depression people still I mean, don't and you
0: know I've been open and honest with you about some crazy stuff that's happened up my family tree um and my mom always said to that side of the family like the thing was is that nobody talked about stuff. Yeah, she'll
1: say that. She's like, no one talked about it. It's
0: a don't ask, don't don't tell tell Mm -hmm. conversation. And I think, um, you know, my family is very open about mental health now, but I don't know that they had always, but I think in general, my parents are... Always progressive for their time. Like I think my parents just have a very progressive attitude. So their generation,
1: yeah, for they sure. They true hippies. They yeah. were the same way. Yeah, they were. I really appreciate that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, just that mindset because I think that allowed them to be more open with me about the realities of our genetic history. And it. Sh- you're right that it shouldn't be embarrassing, but I think in that generation, there's part of them that they just keep that private. the The way mm-hmm. your mom saw it is it probably between her mm-hmm. and her spouse, right? That's not her. Case I don't think. I don't
2: think she's even told him. You know, like I don't think he's like her spouse now. Don't think he knows. Well and also what if I mean, does
1: hers and I'm you know, we don't have to get into this, but it's like what if hers stems from what other people will think, so that's why she didn't say anything. You that's know? what hers is. So that she, so it's, she still has that as sixty five. Exactly. And so it's you know, it's like, oh wow, like that's still
0: It's a different piece of yeah. what
1: mm-hmm. But she manifest, yeah. you being able to Manage it the way you do, and you know, just talking with you today and how happy you are with your job and like how well things are going. Like, it's just I don't know because we all go through really hard times, and I've seen you go well, everybody in this room seen go through some really hard times, and it's just so nice to be sitting here with you guys. Like, huh, we're doing something good, like, we're doing okay, like, we're making it. Um,
0: I think it makes that whole like time heals everything. Mm -hmm. I think when you're going through it, it feels like it is not true. It's
1: never going to change.
0: You're just like, oh, yeah, is it? Is (laughs) time going to make it better? Um, But then when you're you're here and you can look back and say, like, okay, I dealt with that issue, and the ones that I dealt with head on... I had more success on the back end. Yeah. It's weird that your upstairs neighbors are playing basketball. Um, yeah, like, that's, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's an Unlifting everyday
1: lifting weights or something, yeah. man. What they,
0: get, kind of... they
3: get real rowdy around 11, 11. p.m. <laughs> <laughs> i would
0: be knowing what people would be doing.
3: We were talking about how, uh, when we were on our mm-hmm. walk earlier today, how you can have you you don't have control over that first negative thought, mm-hmm. that that anxious thought, and that. Um, kind of repeats itself unless you the, the second thought you can control and mm-hmm. you can, you can stop it and replace it with something positive. Mm-hmm. And I think generally lee has been doing that really well. Like she, because well, both of us are self-aware now we recognize when it's happening, we can call each other and talk and help, you know, talk through something and talk ourselves out of, you know, spiraling. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, the older we get, it's easier to do control
0: the first thought.
3: Right. But you can, if you, if being self-aware is like the first step to being free from it, because you're, you're able to go, okay, this is kind of a negative thought that I don't like. I don't want to keep repeating this or, or let it like get out of control. Let me go take a walk. Let me go work out. Let me, you know, and you reach for the things that you, you know, have, um, will positively impact you and then you immediately feel better
1: yeah well and I think that's you know a good transition into and obviously we've already talked about it but generally you know focusing on the medication and exercise are like her big things but I think Whitney earlier you kind of mentioned some other things that you do when you start to feel that coming on like whether and I know you mentioned like call like having a support system is huge but I think you started to talk about like some sort of like breathing exercises and things what are some things (laughs) oh my god that scared the crap
3: out of me I think I have a package
1: (laughs) so what are what I was saying is what are some things that you do you know besides whether it's medication or exercise what are some things that you also do that you think help you cope when you start to get those feelings those anxious feelings because I'm sure that we do have some people listening that probably aren't as evolved in their own as you call it, like your self-awareness, like I'm sure we have some people that are still dealing with the beginner stages of recognizing they have anxiety and how they deal with it. Um, so there are probably a lot of people that aren't comfortable just going to the doctor or, you know, dealing with it in that way. So I just, I think it would be awesome for you to share some things that work for you. And obviously, you know, like Becca said, we're not medical professionals, but I do think that advice can go a long way. And I think that, you know, why not, you know, why not put it out there? So what are some things that help you?
3: Um, okay. So I, I think I've mentioned walking like three times already. Yes. Yeah. But it's
0: also if, on if, your dating profile. Must walk.
3: <laughs> <laughs> must like yes, long walk. must, must long. walk me two times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Take me outside and walk me twice a day. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> um, but that is really a re- relaxing thing for me. And if people aren't that into exercising, I think that's a good way to um, get a little bit of exercise. It's not too daunting. I just put on, you know, a podcast or listen to music and just kind of try to zone out and get out of my head a little bit. Sometimes this podcast. <laughs> yes. <sometimes> this <laughs> For a while there, I think I had been going out drinking on the weekends and I realized like, oh, every Monday I have more anxiety mm-hmm. because of staying up late, being, you know, off my, my sleeping schedule and, Um,
0: Also important to note is substances make it worse. Yes, Yes. because
3: alcohol is a depressant Mm -hmm. and it, you know, it'll amp you up while you're drinking it. But then there's going to be. crash is hard. Right. And then you have, I think it's called hangxiety is like a new term that, yeah, people are using. But, you know, hangover, anxiety, anxiety about having to go back to work and not, you know, feeling like crap and not feeling like your best self. So. I I cut alcohol out um, completely for a little over a year. I did, uh, quarantine happened. I did drink a little bit. And there were probably a couple of times where I I drank a little bit too much. And I was like, no, we're not going to go back to doing that. For the most part, I don't even really, I don't really think about it. I just know that if I do drink, it's going going to have some negative, you know, effect on me. So I'm very careful about what I put in my body basically. yeah, And just trying to stay on a solid sleep schedule and just so be good to my, myself, yeah. you know,
1: have a routine, be good to yourself. yeah, And also like, you know, you said being aware of what, cause I think a lot of times too, people, they may know they may not, but You know, I've known some people who've had, whether it's drinking problems or drug problems, and it's like they're not aware or they don't want to admit that that also heightens it or makes it worse or is the, you know, the cause of the anxiety, whether you're, oh, I'm anxious because I won't be drunk or I'm anxious because I am drunk or, you know, like, or on drugs or whatever. And I think being able to recognize and then being able to say, well, I'm just going to not do that because I can't have it both ways. I can't drink a little bit and then not drink. It's just either I do... Or I don't. don't. Yeah. So I think that is...
3: It's very evolved.
1: Holy moly. Like, because most people can't do that.
3: What I was going to say is that drinking to a point where you're drunk, you feel out of control, Mm. you know? And so for me, I I actually, you know, while in the moment, you might think that that feels cool. But after the fact, you're like, ooh, I don't like that. Because you want to be able to control what you're doing.
0: That's a big thing for me. That's why, I mean, you know that I've always been... When I'm done drinking, I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. And it's because I do not like to relinquish control in that way. Right. That makes me feel awful. I can't, like, if I woke up the next day and didn't know what I did, I couldn't imagine that feeling. I think that would trip me out. And so I just don't allow it. Like, I I cut myself off hard. But I can understand that if you can't do that, if you can't be like, one more drink, that's a no-go. I'm going to look, you know, I might look silly. That's, and see, that's a different, you know, that's kind of the same idea of not wanting people to judge you, but I do it in the opposite way. Like, I don't drink so much because I don't want people to judge me and be too drunk.
2: I They're just just fighting, fighting over to say the really fun right now. I want you guys
0: to just know that. I, I'm not to talk again. Don't forget yeah. what you're
2: going to say, but what I'm going to say real fast <laughs> is, piggybacking on that, is, like, for me, what drinking oh. is, I get really sick if I have like five drinks. Oh, I'll throw too. up all night. So yeah. that's why I know how to cut myself off. But someone who doesn't get sick, or it's, hangover, it's, yeah. or hangover, it's harder for them.
0: True. So that.
2: That's all I want to say. Here you go. Um,
0: but <laughs> oh, I see that. Well, I, I see that in a lot of people generally. That if they don't get sick, they have a harder time
3: mm-hmm. managing yeah, the I control. Too. there's no consequence. I mean, yeah. no <laughs> consequence. And it's super fun. Yeah. I will say that. I mean, you don't have to. Um, people say you have to hit rock bottom before you like stop drinking or something like that. I, um, it was actually after your wedding because you know, we were partying, we, we were had a really celebrating. Yes. Yeah. We had a great time. And I took my shoes off in, um, the hotel. Like, I, I don't, yeah, <laughs> because I kept like, my heel kept sliding out of my, yep. my shoe. Shoes were so I was like, I'm just going to be done with these. But anyway, mm-hmm. I woke up the next day and I felt like shit. Yeah. And I just said, okay, this is, I don't like feeling this way. You know, even though nothing, I had a great time, nothing bad has to happen before you're like, maybe this just isn't like, yeah, this is for me, this is just impacting my life negatively. And, um, so let me just take a break. And that's what I did. I just was, it wasn't even a, a conscious decision to, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be sober for the rest of my life. It wasn't like that. It was just like, I feel better when I don't drink, so let me just keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing, um, because I think when I was in my twenties, it was harder for me to um, imagine going into social
0: situations. Yeah, but and, you know, yeah. but
3: I don't even have—I don't have social anxiety. It's not, and I'm not really that shy. Um, but it but would it's be like a else drinking.
0: I don't know. Right. About that. It's just this the party atmosphere. yeah yeah so
3: you feel like okay um it's going to be weird you know what are people going to say if I say that I'm not drinking and they're drinking and so there's anxiety about that yeah, whole like, thing oh, yeah she, Ooh, that ties into uh, yeah or, or <laughs> thinking that you're what an are alcoholic they think about or something me? it's like uh-huh. no maybe I just don't want to drink because I don't I, I don't want to stay up late and feel like crap the next day yeah um
1: because people think that that's normal all right, so we do have one more question. Um, we know this one is going to be a little bit longer than normal, but we don't care. It's our podcast, and we like hanging out and having great conversations with our friends. So, again, thank you for listening. And one
0: girl that asked <laughs> questions about a podcast, too, she said, podcasts are the wild, wild west. You can do whatever you want, and I held that in my heart. Yeah, so we do what we want.
1: Um, so there is... One more thing that we want to touch on, because we do like to end our shows giving some sort of takeaway um, for anybody who's listening, whether they understand what we're talking about or they're just listening to support us. Um, But we do think it's beneficial to be able to have that. I
0: think if you listen to this one, you related to the topic. I've had so many people message
1: me. I've probably had 15 people message me for my stories this morning, saying, "I can't wait for this one. I can't wait for this one. I can't wait for this one."
3: And anxiety is really high right now. Yeah. Really? <laughs> you know
1: exactly it's because like of have... everything going on. Yeah. Right. So. Oh,
0: I think it is manifested in a lot of people that did not
3: previously have. Yeah,
1: and they don't know what it, it is. Entrapment. They're like, "I've never had this problem. What is wrong with me?" Um, Sometimes
3: my chest feels tight. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and that's that's been a big one for me working from home because now I'm just sitting home alone, and I realized. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I haven't talked to anyone all day. I've talked to my dogs and maybe I had, you know, a meeting or something that I barely had to talk in. Yeah. And, um, then the rest of the time you're just in your head, you know, so it can be hard if you're, if you're at home alone all day. It can be
0: polarizing. It's also why, so you're only okay with the messages you start to tell yourself too, right? So if you are anxious and you know, maybe that's a little bit paranoid and then all you're doing is standing in your house and all you're doing is talking to your dogs, then the only person there is to agree or disagree with your ideas is you. So it seems like all of your ideas are really good ones, even if they're not. That's when you call a
1: friend or your mom. Yeah, that's when you use your support system, which we have said multiple times, if you don't feel like you have one, we're happy to chat with anybody um, about anything, because I know for me, and I think I can speak for everyone here that a support system, even
3: if it's just one person who you can pretty much go to for anything is life-changing. My dad always told me that you're lucky if you have one really good friend. Yeah. And that is so true because a lot of people do not. Right. So, um, so that
1: being said, let's kind of take a moment to maybe do some takeaways. So generally you can go first. If there was anything, any advice that you wish that had been given to you or that you would want to pass along to someone else, especially in the age range that, you know, your 20s to oh, 30s? I yeah. would tell her
2: yes. at BCC <laughs> that I don't need to wear makeup to look beautiful. True that. Okay. Sister. I Jill- forgot about that. True that. <laughs>
1: I did not forget. I will (laughs) never forget that. I said, she said, what? Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, Uh, that's a surprise. (laughs) Yeah, that's,
2: yeah, true. She picked on us. Um, My takeaway or advice would be to find a hobby that you are truly.
0: Advice has happened twice. I'm sorry. Keep going.
2: Oh, (laughs) so find a hobby that you truly love and not what your partner loves or your friend loves or your coworker loves something that you truly are passionate about. Um, do it as often as you can. Um, it just will build your confidence. Like for say CrossFit, I'm yeah. going to throw them out there. CrossFit Colt. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> it has changed my life. Um, not just, I, I can't lift a lot of heavy weights, you know what I mean? But like, I'm definitely, it's just, just the environment and just being with these people it's a
1: support and the system. yeah and they're it's all like just Kristen so encouraging it's a support system say, yeah it's yeah.
0: wherever you dive in it doesn't have to be and it's anymore. a no judgment
1: yeah. it's like a you just come here and lift shit and yeah. and we're here it to have like yeah yeah like they
0: yeah. root for you and mm-hmm.
1: feeling
2: like you belong that's like, awesome like you know if i would have joined this like 10 years ago there's no way i would have succeeded because my first thing would be like oh my gosh they're all gonna judge me for not being able to do a pull-up
0: being able to do it yep. yeah
2: and here it's like i use all these bands to do pull-ups and i'm like laughing at myself pretty much not in like a, a bad way but like I just, I can do this one day, guys. Just, I need more bands. Just give me, give me all the bands in the whole facility. Why don't you just hold me. In? Yeah, I'll just <laughs> pretend.
0: Look, I tell everybody my bottom half is a lot heavier than my top half, and maybe I'll just don't understand that, and maybe I was just not built for pull-ups. Yeah, and I don't you think I was you know how we're
1: not built for what? pull-ups. I tell you that right now. <laughs> you. We were built for squats. It will never. I
0: was built for squats. Yeah, and deadlifts. Hell,
1: yeah. <laughs> I can't even Squashy do a pull-up. <laughs> So that's my,
2: drop? that's my, <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest advice is, uh, is finding a hobby that you're super passionate and, um, it, it's, it'll change your life. So,
1: and I think to that point I too, that I think that's amazing, especially for someone who said that they've dealt with their help to deal with their anxiety with medicine is she's also advocating for a route that doesn't require you to take medicine because some people just don't want to. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you know we can all like if you're sitting there feeling like you might need to. There's no harm in going to the doctor and talking to your doctor, like mm-hmm. none whatsoever.
0: And doctors will sometimes not necessarily suggest medicine, y'all. Yeah, they'll just suggest have other a conversation things. Conversation and you say I want to try something else first. Yeah, doctors are out there to help you, and if you need to find the right doctor for you, that's okay. You can ask around, and then they'll give you different options.
3: But no, I love that. Love it. Yeah, we all. Yeah, working good, out good is the advice. bomb. Okay, so generally stole my advice.
0: <laughs> oh, Whitney! But that just
3: means that it's really good advice. I, really I good. think it is. Um, for me, I I like to keep my hands busy, so I like painting. And even if you're not good at it, if it mm-hmm. makes you happy, you know, just do it. And so
0: good, Whitney. Even. I also made her cut a crossfit, and she loves it too. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and I mean we've talked about working out and how that yeah. that helps. Yeah, obviously, but um, yeah, just finding people that you can talk to, hobbies. Breath. I yeah, if you have something to look forward to. Yeah, I think that that helps
1: and distract you. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, you like keeping your hands busy. So it's, I think it's interesting because it's like okay, if my hands are busy, then that means I'm focused on something, which tells my brain that it's okay, and right. that you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I love that.
0: And I don't know that Whitney will notice this about herself but since I lived with her I'm also going to say something that Whitney is very good about that I don't think a lot of people are is calling someone on the phone yep Whitney calls her network she does not text her network
3: um sometimes I text
0: (laughs) I mean but I mean (laughs) yes okay I say that she texts me so obviously we text back and forth but I mean you do you make phone calls. You call your mom. Yeah. You call... I like to,
3: I like to talk through things with people yeah. and yeah. sometimes text messaging is good. Like, um, because, and I'll do this to Lee. Well, I, I will type out like my thoughts and just
0: sure.
3: send them to her. It's almost like, you know, a diary like or brain dump. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, I just need to like get all this out. So yeah. I'm just going to say all this. If you don't have someone that you can text like that or someone that you can call, then I don't know, go to Reddit or something, you know, yeah. they're a bunch of places that you can go where other people, there's a community of people that are thinking the same things that you are going through the same things that you are. And you can just type out everything that you feel and you'll probably get some responses. Like I was right there with you. I know exactly this feeling and it's nice to know that you're not alone. Yes. It is nice to know that you're not alone because you're not.
0: And I, I think, you know, we address these two areas today, which is Really important because I think if when you see pictures of them, they just look like happy, nice girls that you're not really thinking about. We are. They are happy, nice girls. um, We can't be happy
3: all the time. No. Right. And no one's happy all the time. uh -uh. How
0: normal it is to have those feelings. And
3: right, my mom would always say, "This is you're fine. You're not crazy. Like you think you're you're overthinking something, and you're making it an issue when it's a non-issue." And it's it's okay to feel these feelings. Mm-hmm. Anyone yeah. in your shoes might be feeling these feelings. Yeah. It's not... It, there's nothing wrong with you. Right. Exactly.
0: Yes. And, I, and that, in the end, talking about it or talking to someone or however that looks. And, you know, we talked about coping in different ways. And if you have a drink, nobody's judging that. And I want to make that clear. But if you're... What we are saying is that it is more important that you look for the reason that you are being drawn to do certain things and feel certain ways. So that you can address the why and really start moving forward and developing coping mechanisms and doing what you need, what your body needs, whatever balance that is whatever your body needs to make yourself feel productive and valued and like a member of society who is contributing, you should do that thing. And I think everyone here supports you doing that thing.
3: Yeah. Do that thing. Um, I
1: also want to say too, that I think it's really important for us just to be having this conversation. Because it brings more awareness to the topic of anxiety and the topic of mental health. And even now in 2021, when it's very apparent that after like with last year, the like people with anxiety, developing anxiety, developing, you know, certain issues, it's why do why do we not talk about it more? Because it needs to be more normalized. Like this is just a thing that people deal with and we need to support each other and be there for each other and stop being so damn judgy about how other people cope and what they do with their lives. Like if you're not hurting someone and you're happy, you do you like that. You should yeah. be doing those things. And for me, and I think for Becca, you know, one of the reasons we want to have this podcast is so we can one, do whatever we want. Like she said,
0: that's my main <laughs> pretty much main just point. do whatever she I like wants to do what I want. Um, <laughs> and not be told no. So but there's also, that me in a box y'all.
1: <laughs> but also so that we can address the topics that we want to address and especially ones that we feel aren't talked about enough. So, I just, on behalf of both of us, thank you guys so much. Yes, thank for you for doing this with Being us. So thank you. Being so open and honest and sharing. And while we edit this, we can talk more. Um, but seriously, thank you so, so much.
0: Um, and of course, thank you everyone who is listening. And if this is your first time listening, go ahead, hit subscribe, rate us five stars. We appreciate it, and we don't know why, but it drives us up in the charts, and we want sponsors, so. Yay. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Um, And, of course, as always, if you want to contact us, if you have questions, if you need a support system, or if you have some wonderful ideas for some future podcast shows, you can reach out to us on our website at rosegoldcoaching.com. You can reach out to us on our, slide into our DMs on Instagram at speakrosegold. Um, or you can send us an email, Gold at gmail.com. Thank you so much. And remember, remember to, to live. live rose
1: gold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm out.